Hi, this is Michael. And this is Lisa. Welcome to the PowerView podcast. Raw talk. For real people. Our volition is to make sense of our world. Join us as we navigate issues to optimize the power of you. Welcome back, everyone. This is Lisa. And this is Michael. And we are here for episode number five of the Power of You podcast. Today we have an interesting subject, um, something different than what we've been talking about over the last couple weeks, something that is a subject that Michael and I believe needs more attention. What do you think, Michael? Yes, uh, we're bringing you real stuff that happens in the real world. And um, I was very privileged to be invited by Steve Atkins, who is the uh, president of the Lesbian Gay Chamber of Commerce in Miami and actually won the national award for chamber and business um, three years ago. We went to Washington, D.C. for an amazing celebration with a thousand other people um, from all around America. And I was very privileged to be invited to the Marlin, uh, Marlin, Miami Marlins, sorry, baseball game in Miami a few weeks ago. And it was the kickoff of Pride Month. And the Miami Mar- Marlins have been very, very generous and, and donated 100 seats to the chamber. And so the chamber took upon itself to invite people such as me and to have a bit of a party and to also congregate um, and it was called um, Pride at the Park, and it's on June the 2nd, 2022. So this, that was a little bit, bit ago. And really enjoyed it. The, the, the game was fantastic for a start. The people at the park were fantastic. It felt safe. It had mums with children. It had dads with children. It had heterosexual people with children. It had gay children with heterosexual parents. It was a massive mix match, and it was a real credit to the Miami Marlins on how they managed to bring everyone together, and it just felt so good. The idea of baseball brings such great excitement to a lot of people as well. It really did. Yeah, it really did, and it was relaxed, and they they filmed us. all of a sudden we saw ourselves on the big screen and we screamed and said hello to everybody and, and the camera's fun. going around and we're on TV and stuff and it was wonderful. And everyone there was so kind, supportive, we had fun. It was such a wonderful cross-section of all sexualities, genders, dress types, demographics. It was just, it was beautiful. And then something happened, and I'm, I'm not used to going to ball games and things, and then something happened, and it was called the something Kiss Cam. A kiss or, Cam, yeah. It's Kiss Cam. They have and it at a lot of And the sports. Kiss Cam happened, and it was, it was lovely, and the, it would zone in on this couple, and they would be, and then they'd catch themselves on the big screen, and they would kiss, and, and then two of these people... Um, like we're arguing and people laughed and then they kissed and and it was at the end of that that I all of a sudden thought what what happened there because my whole career is about being making people visible making people seen and that's what this ball game was all about it was about making people seen and you had excited 14 year old boys that you know that were just 
dancing and enjoying it and the whole celebration. If you've never been to a ball game, it's not just about the ball game. It's fun, it's music, it's cameras, it's laughter. The food. Every single kiss cam was heterosexual. Every single one, Michael? Every single one. And I felt my husband and I were invisible. I felt that our very dear friends who are wonderful mothers to three children and their children were invisible. I felt it was a really bad message for all those gay children and all the straight children with their gay parents and all the gay children with their straight parents not to have visibility. There were no kisses allowed. Now... No kisses allowed. As in... With... On the camera. They they chose 10 heterosexual couples. And you've got all these people. They went around and talked to us. We were on the screen. They knew who we were. They only picked 10 heterosexual people to kiss on camera. Now, my question is... And we're going to invite the... Uh, Miami Marlins to comment on this or even yes, do an we inter- are. or even do an interview with us because they had the right foresight to be inclusive with Pride Month etc and it may have been that the cameraman is just so used to you know zoning into a certain thing or was doing his job not really thinking about it like almost but, like autopilot right but there were people sitting there holding hands with you know, hats on. You could tell people were couples. It was obvious, you're saying. Absolutely obvious. And they missed it. They missed that ability. Now, was it a strategic thing where some people wouldn't be happy with that? Or would it be that it was just an oversight? Whatever it was, I am nearly 60 years of age. I have been identified as living with a man and happy with a man. I don't call myself gay. I don't call myself bisexual. I don't call myself straight. And if you think that's a strange thing, it's not. Because my relationship with my husband is very special and very sincere. But we don't talk about sex and sex acts in public or on a podcast or in interviews. What we do in the bed is our our business. It's not an identity, it is the way we are. But I felt invisible and I thought that was incredible that I'm there with the lesbian gay chamber of commerce at the Marlins ball game and I felt invisible and I thought, gosh, we need to go back and redo that. And I wonder how the kids felt at that ball game I wondered how the other people felt at that ball game. And I'm a thinker. I'm a big thinker. And I didn't want to ruin somebody's day or evening. Because, right, you could ruin the because, whole game. Yeah. So I just kept it to myself. But I thought, you know, I'm going to talk to Lisa about this and, and see if we can do something about it. And I think my point is, and what's in it for the listener, is that unintentionally in our day-to-day behaviors and thoughts and actions we might be making people invisible. And over 30 years of practice, so many people die because they're invisible. And if we're talking about sexuality or gender, a lot of people that come out give me stories that, well, we knew, we knew years ago. 
And if they're talking to their mum or dad or best friend, or that person's attempted 10 suicides too. And that could have been prevented by maybe something, you don't want to out somebody or, or cross them, but, but give somebody a door open using language such as, you know, I've noticed there's you know, something different about you. I just want you to be safe. I want you to know that we love you no matter what. And you've always got a safe place here. It's a really good door open. Um, it, 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 it's quite incredible. And we think that you know now the percentages have gone up. It used to be around about seven, eight percent gay. It's now twenty percent, which is one in five. And this is not some person in a faculty doing stats. These are people coming forward saying, "This is who we are. This is how how we identify." And it's non-binary, and that's whether it's gender or sexuality. Irrespective of that, one in five people are not binary. They're not black and white. They're not lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered, or queer. They are unique as a human being. And people can fall in love with men, and people can fall in love with women, and people can fall in love with objects, but let's not go there. Yeah, it's a different podcast uh, what, if we go there. What, what I have you, some questions, but, though, Michael, about that. I, we, we do the questions, but um, I, just, I, I just thought it would be a very good thing that inadvertently we can be hurting people. And I thought it would be a really good thing to do today is talk about maybe if the listener has someone in their world that they may feel is struggling in some way, is different in some way, maybe they could open a door to that person and not make them feel invisible. The, the concept of visibility brings forth some questions in my mind. The first question regarding visibility is when you said, I don't feel visible, is that a feeling that you have experienced in other situations and this particular baseball game brought back some other experiences that you've had that brought forth that feeling of invisibility? I felt not seen as a same-sex couple and the ball game field arena was full of this and they didn't choose any of us and the children were having a really good time all the teenagers and toddlers and parents and everyone was having such a good time and everyone was watching this it's a big fun thing to do this kiss cam thing yeah it brings a lot of attention and and it's like hold on a second we're here. Why aren't you why, taking why, photos yeah, this of is the big two thing. men why, or why, two women? Yeah, why, why did that not happen? What was and, the problem? And I'm, I'm not sure. And the, the Miami Mar Marlins, you're fantastic. You, you are one of the gay capital centers of the USA. Miami is a big gay area. Fort Lauderdale is a big gay area. You, you opened your arms, but you shut people out. And I think a lot of people do that in day-to-day -day life. They open their arms, say, yes, we're open and liberal, this, that, and the other, but then they do something to close somebody down. It's almost like I'm supportive, but mm. then there's, there's a limit, or yeah. there's always 
something that's going to prevent the supportive ability. It really should be unconditional support yeah. of a really amazing community. Yeah. But instead, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of organizations and just people, you know, that you meet in your daily life, they say they're supportive, but sometimes their behavior might not mirror that exact same, you know, idea. Exactly. And that causes problems, I agree. I mean, I think it can cause problems from just an actual, we don't physically see it on a screen, to a more diverse problem of people just shutting out an entire community when they're really there to support the community. But speaking as a heterosexual female, I think a lot of people are just ignorant. You've never fancied anything other than ever had a crush ever ever no no i haven't now we're getting into the therapeutic side right no i haven't but i know a lot of people have and i don't have a problem with that but no i haven't but what i'm saying is the idea that some people just don't understand how their behavior could be offensive that's a subject that people don't want to talk about. And this is a great forum for us to talk about that because you might be ignorant and not know what to say or how to say it or how to be supportive, but not necessarily, Michael, be unsupportive. And I see that a lot. I mean, I see it at schools. I see it in, you know, at gymnastics places where my, you know, my kids are involved in gymnastics. I see it on the soccer field. I see it in a lot of areas. And sometimes it comes from the parents, the parents aren't supporting the children and how the children are feeling. Or a perfect example is, you know, your six or seven-year-old daughter goes up to a soccer game and sees that two of her soccer players on her team that are her really close friends are there with two dads or one is there with two moms. And in my opinion, it's the parent's job to talk to the child and say, that's totally okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Instead of the child questioning, well, why isn't his mom here? Or why is he sitting there with two men that are cheering him on and supporting him? Is one his uncle? Are there two dads? I mean, kids have a lot of questions. And I see it in my practice as well. Some parents just not necessarily don't support the community, but just don't know what to say. And I think there's also a big fear of offending someone by saying too much or saying too little. And that's where I believe the educational system needs help because you should know what to say. And if you're not sure, you should be able to articulate what you're thinking without being judged about your feelings and whatever you know, ideas you may or may not have. Oh, could our, our ideal be uh, getting to a point where it doesn't matter? Uh, agreed, yeah. I mean, I think that would be ultimately the goal, but this is the real world and a lot of people have opinions and feelings mm. about you know, the community and same-sex couples and everything that goes along with, you know, thoughts and feelings and ideas related to, you know, the LBGTQ plus community. Mm. I think I got all the letters right. You'll tell me. People don't want to miss out on a letter. You know, that's a perfect example. Oh my gosh, did I leave out a whole section of the community that I didn't know I needed to include or didn't even know that, you know, they existed. And you bring up a very important term and it comes up in TV shows, it's on the news, it's everywhere. This idea of non-binary. I think it's important to explain, especially to our listeners, what does that mean? What's associated with that term? And why do people even use that word? What does it mean? 
It's interesting because I think we're stamping all over that sexuality, like homosexual. Right. People don't realize what homosexual means. Homo means same, and sexual, of course, is sex. Right. So it means the love of same. So if we take the Latin words homosexual, then everyone that's got a female or male friend would be homosexual because it's the like of same. Correct. Now, my husband's a very successful business attorney. I'm a very successful psychologist and author. Um, my husband's a stepdad. I'm a dad. We're both grandparents. Um, we both look after nonprofits. Um, we both have houses. We both have boats. We both have a great social life. We do lots of things. So sexuality to us is a tiny bit of that. It's 1% of what we are even interested in. We've got a big life, a big full life. However, even though it's that small point, because it, it, it isn't an identity, it is who you're attracted to, that is it. And I'm wondering how many listeners know if you aren't identified as non-binary, i.e. gay or straight or whatever, if you're not, if, if, if you've got gay friends and you think that's great, wonderful. It'd be interesting to, to know how, if you've got gay friends, how to talk to them and what not to say, how not to be a dick around your gay, lesbian, trans, non-binary people because people say the stupidest things at the most stupid times. I'm sure. And they try and introduce you to a gay person because you're both gay, therefore you must get on. It's not That's at all crazy. that way. That's crazy. The worst, thing, the worst thing you can say to somebody that's not identifying in a purely heterosexual relationship is which one of you cooks? It's so rude. Oh, jeez. Which one of you does the laundry? And I know, you know, and this is an adult podcast, so I'm going to say this, but I was at a friend's house quite some time ago, and the conversation got around to, well, let's watch some girly movies and do, do and we're, we can all get into bed. And, and I said, well, that wouldn't be safe. And a friend of mine said, why not? I said, because I might get turned on. And she said, but you're with a husband. You wouldn't be interested. And I said, well, why not? What makes you think I wouldn't be? And I said, and also, and I called over to some friends of ours and said, excuse me, but I seem to be trapped by vaginas down here because they keep on talking about cock. <laughs> and I don't want to talk about cock anymore. I want, I want to be in a social environment and enjoy myself, and it's turned into me having a cocktail with some friends into this, what? What's going on there? Yeah, let's talk about something else. There are more interesting things to go on about rather than body parts or who does the washing. Right, I mean, there's all kinds of situations with Absolutely. that. I'm a female and I don't cook. Which How goes, about that? Which goes full circle to you saying it's all about education. Yeah. I, I, I believe it is. And when I say education, I don't mean physically going to school and having a teacher pull out a book, you know, and read. You know, this is how you act around this type of person. Hollywood or that type of person. would be the first step to normalizing real people. Real people. 
represent people in the world. Not everybody that sleeps with the same sex or may have an issue with gender or etc., 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 want to be portrayed as these people that you portray them in in Hollywood. Yeah. Give us some normalization. Well, don't you believe that just comes from somebody putting their foot down in the whole Hollywood arena? It's what sells. And starting? It's what sells. Well, what sells is also based upon what people want to watch. Okay, listen, 20% ratio, Top Gun has just been released, okay? Yep, Top Gun Maverick. I haven't Over seen it yet, but I want Over half a billion to. dollars, sorry, half a, half a billion dollars was taken immediately. Now, if the ratio is 20%. Right. 20, and that, that's the ratio now. It's, this isn't everyone disclosing what they've done in their life. Right, right. But it's 20%, and that's a stat that's a fact. One in five. There were no visible gays or lesbians. In the whole movie. Or non-binaries or thems or theirs. Nothing. Nothing. It was stereotypical heterosexual Air Force base. And it doesn't happen that way. And there I are would a lot agree of question marks out there about Tom Cruise, but... I think he's he's got every right to his privacy, but you'd think that, you know, someone somewhere would do something to start normalizing. It's one in five guys. Listen, if there are a thousand people in that movie, why two hundred of them were non-represented? It's, exactly. And guess what? The film industry is full and attracts people that are liberal. Let's right. call it liberal people because yeah. I'm tired of the labels. Liberal, Liberal sure. people that enjoy themselves and are real and truthful, don't hide in the closet, which some people have to because they're, they're in dangerous families or dangerous situations right. or dangerous countries. But they're happy living but their liberal, life. Liberal people that take an honesty pill, yeah, where's the representation? Where is the representation? And there was an interview recently with children at school, so 12 to 18-year-olds. There's an interview recently. I said, well, how did you get through school? And, you know, you're, you're now at university first year. How did you manage that? They said social media changed our lives. They made us believe that there was a different world to what we were living. And we make a mistake today that children, we say, oh, it's better for children. I know a guy that's very high up in the USA, in the LGBT world of film, actually, and said, oh, p kids have it easier these days. They don't. A no, child's I wouldn't world agree with is that. tiny. It's their family. I wouldn't agree with that the family, at all. the culture, the friendship base, everything. And if one's not able to be truthful, if one's not able to be honest, it's tough. But those kids got a huge amount from social media because they were not represented in Hollywood. They were not represented in Netflix or Prime or, or, or. I have a story for you about that when you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. I'm, so I've talked enough. No, so I went to Barnes & Noble this past weekend with my daughter. All good bookstores have my books. Yes, yes, your book was there. And... It was interesting. We went there to buy some workbooks for some, um, they call it summer bridge work, where you work with your kids, you know, over the summer to make sure they don't lose all their skills that they learned the previous year for the following year. And there was an entire section, there was an entire section which was labeled 
pride material. And in that section, there must have been a hundred books. And in those books, it was specific because I, I looked through it. I wanted to see what type of content were, they were there. They had books that were listed from, you know, first grade readers all the way up to, you know, adult reading books with, you know, adult content that were specifically placed in that section. And I asked the bookstore, I don't know what you call them, retail book specialist, I don't know, the person that helps you when you're looking for a book inside a bookstore. I know they have a name. Librarian? Yeah, but I wasn't in a library. Book clock? I wasn't in a library. I was in Barnes & Noble. Information officer. Anyway, whatever. She told me that at this particular Barnes & Noble in, I'm not going to name the city. However, she said they were only allowed to put books that were related to same sex, same gender couples in that section. And I said to her, why couldn't they be mixed in with all of the other content and the other age-appropriate readers for children? And she said, no, they had to stay in that section. It's so interesting. This is so linked to people taking down uh, historical figures that were offensive. So you're now taking down this commander, that general, etc., and everyone to their own. But you're not going to wipe out history by doing that. No. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes we need a really good representation of what didn't work so we can do it better. Right. And hiding people that make up at the moment, ladies and gentlemen, people, them, theirs, and whatevers, and queers, people that represent people, real people in this world, you're not going to get rid of them by hiding them in a little section. No. Now, what happens with this... No to saying gay. Oh, the, Come on, yeah. listen. When my daughter was at school, she had two dads. She felt awful and hid her two dads when she was drawing the family unit because she felt it was wrong and she was made to feel it was wrong. By her But guess peers, what my daughter by her did? Teachers? Guess what? All of them. Everyone? But guess what she did when she was 16? She did a leaving school speech. Yes, in England, you leave school at 16 and go to college or do your A-levels. And her leaving speech was at the time when the two uh, British gay guys were were having a surrogate baby from America and the courts intervened saying that they were not fit for purpose in America to be gay dads having a surrogate baby. And there's a huge court case over it and they won. And my daughter stood up in her class and said, I have two dads and they're brilliant. And this is, my, this is what my dad does. And he really helps people, etc. I'm very proud of him. And of course, there wasn't a dry eye. In, she was in 16 the place. at the time? She was 16 and wow. she actually stood up and that was her classroom speech. I still got that. That's amazing. But, um, of course you did. So, so yeah, so, so what can we do? Now it's, it's like you're, you're going backwards. You're going backwards. Yes, you shouldn't teach any child about sex, but we have to normalize what's real in the world and represent what's real in the world. And that is you might have two dads, you might have two mums, and that's fine. You might have two dads, a mum, and an uncle. That's fine too, as long as you're healthy, well, and looked after. But I believe this whole platform of don't say gay comes from a place where people use semantics to define an entire group of the population. 
And that's the problem with education and what parents but are saying what to their you just children. Said, what you just said is almost endorsing the separation because there's no group. People keep on talking about gay community or lesbian community or the gender dysphoric community. There are no communities. It's part of the world. It's human. It's natural. Do you know how many kids pray to be straight? Do you know why they pray to be straight? I don't know. Because they're having such a tough time. Such a tough time, listeners. I would hate to even guess what the actual figure of people killing themselves is for children that are identified as lesbian, gay, bisexual, queer, or other. So people that cannot be their truth, we have to have a, a moment of thought for them. Because I know that in my 30-odd years of clinical practice, listening to my peers, looking at research, studying this stuff, it's a huge number. My concern is how do we fix a problem? How do we open up? a very difficult subject to make people feel comfortable? That's my question. I'm not saying a specific group labeled as X or labeled as Y or whatever you want to specify a group as. I'm talking about, for our listeners, how do we create comfort in people being able to ask questions? Because I see that all the time, even in my practice. People sometimes are scared to even ask questions because they don't want to offend Someone, and that's the case whether it's mom and mom, mom and dad, dad and dad. I'm not talking and about it's a still specific. Happening now, I, I conducted research in 1996 at the University of Sussex, and I worked in the clinical psychology department of the hospital. This is Sussex in England, the United Kingdom. And my research was to interview all the clinicians in my department about what they believed was unique to lesbian, gay, and bisexual people presenting to the hospital. And Brighton is the largest gay population in the UK. And it's interesting because these were recorded interviews. Uh -huh. And I did IPA, which is uh, a phenomenal, phenomenological analysis on research. And with the research, it came out that clinicians didn't know how to address certain things with their people identified as lesbian, gay, or bisexual, and they, they weren't sure whether they'd offend, but there were certain things they had to ask because it was also the time of HIV, AIDS, and problems, and, and bullying, and, and it was interesting because I presented that paper at a psychology, psychology conference in London and Dominic Milne, who's, um, uh, he wrote the Pink Therapy book. He's, mm -hmm. He was very prominent then, um, in a wheelchair, and really a nice guy. And I was giving my findings on this stage in front of a thousand people. And Dominic Milne went, I can't believe I'm hearing this, and shouted me down. Oh my gosh. And I'm standing there very much younger than I was now and not as confident as I am now, thinking, oh, world, open me up and swallow me. Yeah, and now looked, what did I do? I looked around the audience and the audience were looking at him and of course he's in the, you know, he had every kind of 
disadvantage possible to, to have a big voice in a wheelchair and gay and having writ, written the book Pink Therapy. Right. And he really went for me. And when he had finished his shouting, I said to him, and he was shouting at me. Oh, boy. I said to him, Dominic, with all due respect, I'm reporting what was said to me in scientific research interviews in a clinical department which is the gay capital of the UK. These are not my words. I'm reporting my findings. I haven't even finished the thesis yet, but these are the findings which are alarming. We need education in hospitals. Right. And I got a round of applause. You have just mirrored exactly what was happening 30 years ago with hospital clinicians, and you're saying people still don't know whether yeah. they're going to offend, what the language is. Absolutely. And I say we need to normalize everything. We need to stop having this gay, straight, bisexual, his, hers. We need to dissip dissipate that. We all know who we are in our heart. We know our own truth. However, I think by things we do day to day, we can pigeonhole people and make them feel invisible. And the worst thing is buying a kid a gift that's so gender central or so something rather than saying, well, what's your interest? You know, and, ha and, and teasing out from, and the child might lie to hide themselves, but we gender and we sexualize people by the social norms from Hollywood, from advertisers. Why does McDonald's have a yellow and red sign? Do you know? No, I have no idea. Yellow uh -huh. entices addiction. Red stimulates appetite. Wow. To the psychology of color. I did not know that. Yeah. That it's is really, a point it's to send home. It's scary. Wow. So we've got people. <laughs> Ronald McDonald's outfit. But we've got toy outfits. We've got, and Ronald McDonald's, they pretty much are good with their gifts in their box because they're non-binary. They're non-specific because they McDonald's, got, you're saying? Yeah, because they've got kids that are going to get a box and they're not going to say, oh, this is a girl box. Yeah, they can't do that. Box. Right. So, so that, they're very good on that. However, we do not as humans do that. No. And I, another example of that is going to Target. There is a section for boys and a section for girls. Yeah. You know, you've got the, the Barbies and the dolls, and then the next section over is all what Target considers And guess considers what, listeners? Never, never assume, because you can get the hottest, most attractive yeah. female lesbians, and you get the roughest, gruffest, bear-like gays, and you can get everything in between and everything outside. So never assume, never assume. The forward of my parenting book, is by Patricia Verguez, supermodel, actress, feminine, beautiful, lesbian mother. That's why I had to do the forward, because she's seen a bit of the world. She knows a few things, and she's struggled being a parent. Never assume somebody on the front cover of Rugby Magazine, somebody in the shower, doesn't matter. Love people with kindness and love them for who they are and love them even if they may not be able to express their truth for whatever reason. A lot of it, I think, is just being also able to talk about your feelings one way or another, regardless of what your feelings are. And parents should encourage their children to talk about their feelings in whatever direction it's going. I mean, I, I see that all the time 
it's okay to talk about whatever's going on in your mind that day and at that time. And parents should encourage that. Parents that shut their children down and talk, tell them you can only talk about these subjects or this particular issue, that's causing a major problem for children as they get older because they're learning from their parents not to accept certain things because they don't even have a voice in their own home. And if any listeners today, if you're hearing this and you're having questions, it's okay. But do everything safely. Think to yourself, well, what do I need? What do I want? And what's it look like? What is working for me? What is not working for me? And the most important thing is try not to stereotype yourself or other people in your life. Maybe start to open doors for people and yourself. Start small, start safe. I like that. It's calming. Your words are calming. I had to take a minute to think about those last three points that you said, but it's very calming. And I think it brings forth a feeling of acceptance to be able to talk about what you feel is going to be safe for you and understand that what feels right for you and what makes you feel comfortable talking about, whether it be your feelings or a situation that you've been in or a physical, you know, situation that mm. could have turned into something, you know, damaging or hurtful, that you have to talk about it and talk about it in a safe environment with people that are supportive of you and, if you and don't trust have, you. And if you don't have safe people don't have supportive people because a lot of people are isolated right so if that is you then look at helplines or even and if you don't have a telephone or if you're listening to the podcast you must have something but if you um if you are really stuck and you're very scared start with small baby steps so whether you're listening to this and you're part of a church group you're part of a, a stallion breeding farm, you're part of a, a, a farmer's union, you're part of a, a great city landscape in Manhattan, New York, you're part of a, a priesthood. A, whatever you are and wherever you are, if you identify as heterosexual and you're not sure about this conversation today, the only thing you need to do to anyone that's questioning themselves or maybe feeling different to you how you identify as humans we're unique but all humans need kindness understanding and love forget the labels labels are overrated people lobby in politics people lobby in schools take away all of that bear the soul you have people in the world that are struggling for all different reasons. We've just talked about one group that sometimes struggle for visibility and being accepted and unfortunately have a higher suicide rate. Think carefully and if you do think there might be somebody in the factory you're working in, in the studio you're working in, doesn't matter where you are, the family you're in, you know, the the Sunday school, the classroom, wherever you are, if somebody is struggling, 
just let them know that door's open, that, that you love them in some way and that you're understanding and kind. And you, you just reach out to them, give them a little bit of time sometimes, maybe walk with them somewhere or, or sit with them or, or say, well, let's have lunch. Or just, just make sure that they, they know that you are non-judging, that you are inclusive. And little by little, people, just little by little, we can stop doing what the ball game unfortunately did. We can stop doing what we as human beings do, and that is boxing people or not giving them room enough to be real and be their truth. Lisa. I agree. I agree with what you're saying, and I would just add, for anyone listening to this particular episode, find yourself a supportive environment to be able to talk about whatever's going on with you, and you can always reach out to us at the podcast, at the Power of You podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Raw Talk, Real People. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also find current and archived episodes at our website, powerofyoupodcast.com. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes.